Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of the Future Tech Podcast. It's me, Charlie Sell, Board Director of the Major Group, where I get a chance to speak to thought leaders, people passionate about STEM um, in the many forms, science, technology, engineering and maths, to find out a bit about their story, to discuss a topic they're super passionate about, and of course, finish on that all-important career advice. So I'm really pleased to have Demetrius Vlitas with me today. Uh, Demetrius is an Associate Director at Accenture, specialising in AI, and my gosh, is he passionate about it. We've just been having a great discussion about how that, how that can be used, and, and I think a lot of the topics we'll discuss today uh, will really resonate with many of our listeners, as I think we all agree, AI is, is one of the most futuristic and, and is here to stay, and we really need to learn how to properly use it. So without further ado, Demetrius, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Charlie. Very happy to be here. Let's jump straight in and tell us about your story. Tell us a bit about your career. Uh, yes. Okay. Excellent. So as you all know, AI, the way that we're experiencing today, it's a relatively new technology. Yeah, it existed in the era of Turin and so on and so forth. But the way that we're experienced today and all the conversation, it's relatively, I would say, 12 years old since 2012 that that uh, we had back in University of Toronto, Jeffrey Hinton and the team, they create, they make the big breakthrough on imaging. So essentially for me, obviously, my story, that, that my trajectory that led led me to AI and where I am today, started way earlier. When I was living in Greece, I'm born and grew up in Greece, to go to North America to study without having, at that, at that point, I didn't even, you know, we're talking about 2001, and at that point, AI didn't exist. It was an obscure thing in the, in the department that was called computer science, obscure in the sense after, since the era of Turin and so on and so forth, which essentially these guys, they, they, they just scratched the, the surface of automation. That's what, what they were doing at the time, really. Today we call it automation. And, and we, we never, we didn't succeed in surpassing that. And then the AI fall in just a tiny part in a computer science department that back in the day in the university, they were telling you, actually, don't even go and do that because you're never going to get a job. Yeah, it's, it's so obscure and sort of think, okay, out of completeness, we have that thing, but, you know, neural nets, they don't work in the way that we expect them to do and so on and so forth. So for me, in theory, I became a professor of mathematics. Yeah, and I, I get my appointment. By the way, I got fostered immediately and I'm extremely lucky about that by the community at the University of Toronto, which is a, sim a single, a simple Google search, you will see this is the place that brought AI in life in 2012 in the way that we're experiencing today. So for me, I was innocently, I'm, I'm a, a professor of mathematics there, doing my PhDs, doing my things, but then I was lucky enough when in 2012, uh, the, the, the Jeffrey Hinton, and which actually is a British guy, born and grew up here in England, which in a certain point moved to Canada. And you guys, you should be extremely proud of this guy. Yeah. And, and did the breakthrough, showed that certain 
architectures of neural nets that perform image recognition better than everyone else. Yeah. And overnight, actually, it seems that overnight after since the 50s, it took us like 62 years later to have an actual artificial intelligence performing a task that already is passing human level performance. And then these guys, they ping me over because my research in mathematics essentially was doing combinatorics that for those who know, it's a very major part of AI. So overnight, I became, I, I, I left my mathematics background and I jumped into AI, which means in the university, just changing a floor on the same building. I moved my office from the fifth floor to the fourth floor. So, and overnight I became, again, way far from industry, a, 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 an academic that was doing research on AI. And at the time, I did 10 years ago, I didn't even think that I would be in industry, yeah? At all, it wasn't on my inspiration, it was nowhere close. It was just a very interesting new subject that I felt intuitively that I can contribute greatly on the research, yeah? But then the thing that is good, and I think it may resonate with a lot of people here, is very quickly, 2012, what happened? Google were very keen and they came to the University of Toronto and they immediately bought the copyrights of that ImageNet, the AlexNet, as we call it, and for those who are technical, we still call it AlexNet today, that particular architecture, and Google immediately created the terms of law and all the tooling in order to help you do your coding on AI, uh, your coding life easier, which is the things that we still use up to today. So very quickly, I realized that, okay, research on AI, and this is what I have been doing in my life for 15 years up to that point, it's great, but then we're talking now about a new form of uh, intelligence that provides you so many capabilities, which is they're going to affect the everyday lives. So very quickly I realized that industry, it may provide you a more exciting place to be because you are gonna take this technology, you are gonna take the research that you're doing, and you're gonna have the exciting task bringing it to life in everyday manner, yeah? Which is so far in my academic years, your research was, was accepted by the scientific community and stayed there. And very rarely you would have impact in everyday life. So for the very first time, we're in this unprecedented position that, that I was receiving emails from IBM. I was receiving emails from Xerox, this big printing company in America. I, I was receiving emails from all these players asking me, okay, we'll give you a bunch of people to do a project which essentially at, the, at that time, the project was AI to perform a single task, to tell you if a printing machine is going to collapse or not, predictive maintenance, or IBM, they want to, to, to cluster a demographic or whatever was happening. So, so very quickly, I realized that the, the, the industry and the everyday life can provide you with very challenging and nice projects to do and, and very important both in terms of the society, very important both of the, of, the, of the evolvement of AI. Because remember, in academia, your everyday task, your research is to invent new algorithms. And new algorithms, which means that they perform a task. Industry, though, 
has e industry cares about optimizing end-to-end -end processes, which means orchestrating many tasks together, which is that is not the job of academia, really. I mean, different KPIs, yeah? Which is another way, another very challenging thing to do. So very quickly, I realized that ahead of us lies an, a greenfield opportunity and, and of, of bringing science. is not happening in every day. As a scientist, very few times through the human history, a scientist is given the opportunity to bring the everyday research at scale at industry. This is not happening. Happening once every 50 or 60 years or so. Yeah, At least in the science, maybe if you do biology, it's a different thing. In the science of mathematics and computer science I'm talking about. Yeah, Or in medicine, they made are different KPIs, which I'm not aware of. So I was flirting, there, therefore, in the beginning, I was thinking industry wasn't for me, but then going through that trajectory, and then in a certain point, I get acquainted with various people, people meaning companies, and Accenture came along the way while I was in North America. I'm European, I wanted to come back to Europe, and they offered me the position to lead AI here in the UK, and, and I took it. And this is how I am here. So out of that trajectory, what I want you to think, you youngsters, it's essentially to be, to, be, to be open to the new things, to be willing to take a little bit of risk, to leave your comfort zone, you know, because now in, in five minutes I try to, 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 to describe you what happened in the last 15 years. And, 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 and it sounds like a nice story, but, but when what is happening, I have to tell you, I have a lot of people telling me, you are crazy in the sense, uh, even if you move from university from one department to another, you know, the computer science, they think you're a mathematician and so you're not going to belong there. So you're leaving your comfort zone to jump in unknown territory. Then from academia, I was jumping to industry. And then people they were telling you, the industry people, they think quite different. You're not going to be successful there. It's going to be hard. You know, ignore them. You go there and, and so essentially... Follow your instincts, follow your things that they make you happy, they make you passionate about, and you make things. And this is, for me, if you like, the recipe of success. Don't necessarily go by the book, because you see, I did all these jumps that, by definition, they weren't very promising. You know, people they were telling you all leaving very established things from academia, you know, being at Cornell University in the States, in University of Toronto, in, in, in Canada, which is a symbol Google says, you will see they are the top 10 universities of the globe. They believe, the, you know, and, and, but very willing to leave those positions to jump into unknown, you know, and, and to new things. And this is what I think, and in particular, technology is going to ask you if you want to, is going to ask you to do constantly if you want to remain relevant. Yeah. So, okay, this is, I think, I hope I communicated my, my, my career trajectory. Yeah, well, and, and I was saying to you earlier, just, it's so refreshing to see the passion um, of people. And, and as you said, that moving from academia into industry and, and those, you know, people's reservations or telling you it can't be done, what was, what's lovely is you've shown that you can move from one to the other. And, and you're, you're obviously driven about adding value and wanting to see practical implementations of of a topic you're so passionate about so it's it's fantastic exactly and so tell me a bit more uh Dimitris, about 
about the world of AI, you know, to, to many of our listeners, and we were talking about it earlier, you know, um, it, it, yeah, just, just talk to me more about the world of AI and, and what you see. Okay. Yes, yes. AI, what is it? Yeah. I mean, it boils down to a very simple thing. Yes, it's a very complicated technology to bring it to life because you see, because, for instance, you hear that my friends actually and, and collaborators, the open AI people, they say they train these multi-billion parameter models and, and people, you know, they see all these numbers and they're very scary things. So you have science, yeah, co combined with very good engineering, what is actually means practically to be able to have the, the platform and the technology to be able to train those models. And then you have to bring up to life a such a highly and great performance tool yeah but let's break it a little bit of the components it's way less simple that that you think about so essentially we start with data and on those data i mean either it's text whatever it is yeah ai does a very simple task yeah ai essentially is a probabilistic model tells you with with high with what probability high or low or whatever certain data occurs that's all it is yeah so the scientific part of AI, it's to be able to, 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 to model the data, to model the probability distribution of the data. So even if this data is text or it's images or it's data about people or what, what, what have you, any sort of data that AI consumes, the science is to be able to, 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 to come up with a probabilistic model that correctly or as good as possible predicts the, the, the occurrences of, of, of certain sentences or certain correlations of words if you are talking about text or of, of pattern recognition if you are talking about us humans or what have you. And then having created, having, having been successful on, on this path that you have a certain algorithm that does that, yes, then you need a very good engineering because AI, in order to learn, it goes many, it has to do many iterations through the data as, as humans. How we learn bicycle? You know, it's always we repeat, we repeat, we, we go, we fail, we go, we fail, and eventually after repetition, we learn how to bike. That's all it is. We're never going to go to a school for a bike. So repetition is a major component of the human learning, which is actually what AI does. AI has to go through many times through the data in order to learn the pattern. And, 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 and in order to go many times through the data in a reasonable amount of time, we need very good engineering, we need big compute power, and the billion parameter models that you may hear and they sound very scary, essentially is allow an expressive power to the probability distribution because the more parameters that you have, the more you're going to be to probability able to probabilistically model correctly the data sources. So essentially, you need a very big compute power and engineering to be able to go through vast amounts of data quickly. And then you need your algorithms to have a lot of neurons and a lot of which is going to allow to the science to the, and the probability estimators a lot of expressive power in order to do your probabilistic modeling correctly. And that's it. That's what AI is, essentially, which, of course, yes, 
it's a very scientific thing because you have to understand how to model things because there are many ways to do that and you have to try and you have to understand each probabilistic model, what it does and so on and so forth. And then you have the engineering and then having done the training successful, then you have an end product that performs a task as we all are aware of. Yeah. So essentially, this is how AI it's experiencing today. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And thank you for breaking it down into, you know, such such understandable chunks. Because obviously, as you said, it's an incredibly complex world. But to understand the, the overview of it can be quite simple when you think about it from from being able to create the algorithms of data and from that what you can do then with the the actual practical use. So for many of our, our listeners who are thinking about wanting to get a career um, into AI and, and, and you know, explore that further, what one or two bits of career advice would you give to our listeners okay. to get a foot okay. in the door? Uh, you told me just before we met, uh, Charlie, that usually your audience is quite of young people. I mean, yeah, which is great, great, because young people, youth is always, you know, we're still more elastic, more agile, when you're, you know, and then age comes in and usually, typically, you know, people we get. So the fact that you are young, which means you're still in school or you're going through your studies or you recently finished your studies or you are in that thing. It's an amazing thing. Why? Because as I mentioned previously, AI essentially is a, is a science above all, or a science or engineering, however you're going to call it, yeah? Or I put all these things under the same umbrella. Even if you go and create chips that they're going to allow you and give you the computational power to do all these iterations that we're talking about, or you want to be a computer science, meaning creating those algorithms that they job to get the probability distribution out of the data, or you're going to create an amazing UI, user interface that at the back there is an AI system that does many things, okay? No matter how you want to do any of those things, yeah? You have to have, it's a technology, it's a science, which means you have to get yourself acquainted with that in various levels of, or in various degrees and various levels according to what you want to do, yeah? So, which means, uh, you, you you have to get yourself to get a little bit your hands dirty with science, technology, engineering. Again, being able to have something intelligent to say and to be able to... It's like if you are a cook, you have to know your ingredients and you have to know your things. Otherwise, you're never going to be able to have a good soup. Yes? So essentially, any sort of acquainted... And, 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 and the good news is Today, as we speak, there are many platforms out there. There is Coursera, that, that Stanford is, is a great learning uh, platform that Stanford has done. It's almost for free. There are many, many, many educators that they do spectacular job and they give you different sorts of education. Education from an academic point of view, education from industry point of view, education from a practitioner point of view. There are trainings, there are certificates that people, they start they start, uh, they start actually recognize and, and, and so on and so forth. And if you, and another thing, if you decide to go through that path, because as you know, AI is a, the, the, the innovations, they, co they come to AI space by the month, not by the year, which means 
you have to constantly upgrade yourself. Yeah, it doesn't mean that fast AI, yeah, which I love, and it's completely free, and it's it, you can go there, you can take those courses, and if you take those courses, they're great because very quickly they bring you the front line of AI. But you see, every every month or every six months, there are completely new things that they come into the thing, and and for you. Or for someone that wants to go down that path, has to make sure that himself or herself, or you know, they are willing to to to, to be up to speed constantly. But this is the exciting thing because exactly because the thing new things they come by the month, it gives you an enormous opportunity to innovate. It gives you an enormous opportunity to do things. Yeah, it's a very alive thing, which is in the in the one hand demands you, but in the other hand, it gives you an enormous opportunity. And those things they go hand by hand together. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic, Demetrius. What what great advice. And <clears throat> what I loved about that was, as you say. You've just got to be so inquisitive, don't you? And you've got to make that step and you've got to be passionate about the ingredients of the soup, not just wanting the soup. So what, what really makes the, 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 the fundamentals of AI? And, and as you say, with the amount of training out there now, the platforms, the, the opportunity, I think people have got to follow their passion, don't they? And, and if you're passionate about it, you're going to be successful in it. Exactly. Exactly. Don't go... Don't go there. Uh, uh, okay, I know the market is very hot and it's one of the highly demanding and highly paid jobs, which is good because all of us will have to have a nice job. But don't go for the money. Go there. Find a way. I mean that that what you love and and see yourself what you're going to bring to the table, what your contribution is going to be, what excites you, what attracts you there, and go for that. Yeah. And, and go for the thing, yes, okay, it's good that all of us will want to have jobs and all of us will want to feel desirable, yeah, and, and to have people and, and asking us. And it's a, very, it's a very good thing. But you are going to mark your territory, you're going to make a contribution in any scale. And it doesn't matter the impact of the contribution smaller. To do that, you have to bring your own DNA to find your signature, if you would like. And that, in order to do that, you have to know how the thing it works and you have to make it yours and it's have to and then eventually you're going to be able to come up with, with to have your original point of view and regardless what the impact can be yeah from a very small platform up to very big players and 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 and, and so on and so forth but you have to love it and you have to invent yourself invest yourself on that and 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 this and this is the thing really yeah yeah well thank you so do we just time has flown by like in every great Excellent, podcast yes. that we do so it's for me to say a massive thank you to you for for being very here. welcome very happy to be here amazing and to our listeners that is another episode of our future tech podcast um, as many of you know, it's shared with the STEM Ambassador Association, as well as on our website, themajorgroup.com forward slash podcast um, and on Spotify. So one more time, a, a massive thank you for Demetrius and to our listeners. That is another episode of Future Tech. Thank you. Mm-hmm.